Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettle Cast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the Cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 132 to 100 dismantling of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Hawks build a 14 point lead in the first half and then use a 43 to 18 run in the third quarter to build a lead the Memphis could not come back from. Trey Young had 31 points and 10 assists, and the Hawks get their seventh win in a row. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, that was certainly a game of basketball in Memphis as the Hawks went in and just completely trounced the Memphis Grizzlies. Unfortunately for the Grizzlies, they lost their star point guard, John Morant, eight minutes into this game. Uh, eight minutes into the first quarter, Ja was dribbling against John Collins, and it looked like they may have bumped knees, and then Ja just immediately pulled himself out of the game. The Hawks actually got a fast break, and Ja just went immediately to the Grizzlies bench, and they took him to the back. He would not return in this one, and without their star point guard, the Grizzlies really did not have an offensive engine to get them going. This would really manifest itself in the third quarter, where after building a 14-point lead in the first two, the Hawks were able to just explode for a 43-point quarter, and one where they held the Memphis Grizzlies to just 18 points. It kind of felt without um, John Morant that the Grizzlies were really pressing for three-point shots in that third quarter, and the Hawks were just going down and converting, and Trey Young would end up playing the entire third quarter before the Hawks would call off the dogs and just have a full backup unit play the entirety of the fourth quarter. The Grizzlies would have a little bit of a push at the beginning of the fourth quarter. In fact, maybe their player of the game was John Conchar, who came off the bench and had 17 points on 7 of 8 shooting. Uh, the Grizzlies were able to push the deficit from 40 to 23 points. And there were a couple timeouts from Nate McMillan just being like, Hey, we got to finish this game off despite having such a huge lead. This is an NBA team and we need to finish this game off. And the Hawks would do that with big three pointers from Danilo Gallinari and um, Lou Williams. But this was a game really decided in that third period, looking at some of the numbers on this one. I mean, through three quarters, the Hawks were shooting 61% from the field, 60% from three, 14 of 19 on their free throws. They had out-rebounded the Memphis Grizzlies 38 to 38 uh, to 29. Um, the Grizzlies did get on the offensive boards for nine offensive rebounds. Uh, the Hawks had 26 assists compared to just 16 for the Grizzlies. Nine turnovers, five steals, five blocks. Um, and the paint scoring was 60 to 30 in favor of the Hawks. Those first three quarters, the Hawks made it a concerted effort to really own the glass and score in the paint. Um, I have early in this season, I thought the Hawks were taking too many mid range shots. Um, and in this game, from the first quarter on, it was very obvious they were trying to get shots in the paint for everyone. I thought the Hawks did a deliberate job of getting Trey's first shot, a floater in the paint. Bogdan Bogdanovich got his first attempt going to the basket and got free throws. Even Kevin Herter's first attempt was coming from the paint. And the Hawks are really focusing on getting shots in the paint or at the three-point line. Um, the Hawks would just shoot, uh, they would shoot 48% from the three-point line, but just 13 of 27. I think they can shoot more three-pointers than that. And this game may be skewed a little bit because they built such a huge lead in that third quarter. Um but the Hawks are a strong three-point shooting team, and I think that's an area where, as good as they've been in the paint, they can continue to push a little bit in the mid-range. But 
Uh, one area, again, you'll also see that the Hawks are benefiting from is Trey Young um, taking his mid-range shooting to a new level. In that third quarter, especially, there was a run where Trey just started really uh, decimating the Memphis Grizzlies in the mid-range. He got Dylan Brooks to go up for a pump fake and then took a shot off one leg and buried the mid-range shot. And the Grizzlies really couldn't do anything with Trey because Trey gets going with his floater. Then the big wants to come over and help on that floater. Trey's able to find his big, whether it's Clint Capella, John Collins. He even felt found Bogdan Bogdanovich cutting to the basket in this one. And then once he's doing that, he you're going to try to keep him from getting to the paint, getting all the way in there. And Trey's really working on his mid-range. Um, and that really showed itself in the stats for Trey. Um, Trey's been playing well, I think, especially during this winning streak for the Hawks. But his shooting hadn't been as good in this game against the Spurs and the Grizzlies. His shooting numbers have been excellent. He was 12 of 16 from the field, 3 of 4 on his three-pointers, 4 of 5 on his free throws. He had a rebound, 10 assists, and just 4 turnovers. And again, for Trey, his turnovers, at least this season, have been much more the variety of trying to get the ball to his uh, teammates in positions that they would have just a totally open shot. And sometimes those are a little aggressive. And he turns it over on a wild pass. But as long as it's not a live ball turnover, you got to let Trey continue to pass the ball the way he does because he just is able to find his teammates, whether it's Clint Capella, John Collins, again, finding Bogdan Bogdanovich, any of his teammates. Trey just gets them shots that are wide open. And it was just a great game. They, they let Trey play the entirety of the third quarter. I'm sure it was for him to get his 31 points and 10 assists. Um, but just a master, masterful game from the Hawks point guard. For the rest of the team, I thought Clint Capella had another fantastic game on offense and defense. He was able to have a monster block on Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, in the second quarter, uh, Jackson had had one massive dunk already and then went right at the Swiss bank, and Clint was able to get his hand on the ball in a block, and then the ball found itself to Gallinari in the transition, who hit a three. And that took the lead to 31 to 39, and the Hawks really never looked back from that. They were able to take their lead to 14 points at halftime and then ultimately blow out the Grizzlies in the third quarter so much so, again, that Nate McMillan could rest all of his starters the entirety of the fourth quarter, and the Hawks could cruise to the 132 to 100 win. Um, some stats from the entire game, the Hawks would shoot 58% from the field, 48% on their three-pointers. They'd end the game with 33 assists. Again, this assist number is something that I feel is a really big sign on the health of the Hawks offense, particularly whether they're knocking down shots and making those passes, but 33 is incredible. They would finish with just 12 turnovers, 8 steals, 5 blocks, again, outscoring the Memphis Grizzlies in the paint, 64-46. to 46. Um, The Grizzlies bench outscored the Hawks, again, because of garbage time, 61-42, to 42. And then the Memphis Grizzlies did win the fast break points 15 to 10. And if we look at the third quarter in particular, the Hawks outscored the Grizzlies in that period 43 to 18. The Hawks were 17 of 24 from the floor, 4 of 7 on their three-pointers, 5 of 6 from free throws, and had 13 assists in that period alone. Uh, the Grizzlies, I've never seen a coach, Taylor Jenkins, who coaches the Memphis Grizzlies, former Hawks coach, uh, he had he sort of did what Coke Coach Popovich is very much known for. He called an early timeout as the Hawks extended their halftime lead. And when that didn't stop the game, stop 
the bleeding for the Grizzlies. He called another timeout. I think he used three timeouts in that third quarter, which is kind of unheard of in the NBA because you have a limited amount of timeouts for each half. But uh, the Hawks just went out there and it was complete domination on both sides of the ball. And really, the Grizzlies got frustrated. Again, they did not have John Morant and their best players, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks got a technical. He's a very physical guard. And this game, the first half was officiated very haphazardly. I mean, they couldn't get the initial jump of this game off without a hitch. But it was a very like disjointedly officiated game in the first half. And I thought that the officials tried to get control early on in the second half early in the third quarter by having the players shoot a lot of free throws but both Trey Young who had a funny interaction with the official where he didn't get a call that he wanted it ended up in a jump ball and the official asked for the basketball and Trey kind of did the here's the basketball no I'm going to give it to a different official and he got a delay of game of uh, warning for that but getting back to Dylan Brooks he was very frustrated not getting foul calls on the offensive end and then Cam Reddish who had a very solid game uh, came down and Dylan Brooks challenged his layup and got called for a foul and he, he kind of lost it and got called for a technical. Again, it was handled very weirdly where Cam shot his first free throw. Then he was in the middle of shooting his second free throw and the officials called the technical. And so Cam had to shoot his free throw, his second one after Danilo Gallinari came and hit the fr- the technical free throw. But the Grizzlies lost a little bit of their composure in that third quarter and they had already started switching in their bench unit by the time the third quarter came to an end. For the Hawks, we talked about Trey Young. Clint Capella was active on both sides of the floor. You could see how much energy he was expending, getting offensive rebounds, putting them back up. And with his blocks that he had, he finished the game with 23 points on 11 of 14 shooting. 11 of 14, that's right where you want Capella to be. One of four on his free throws. He had 17 rebounds, five of those offensive, two assists, a steal, and three blocks. He was everywhere. He was challenging everything. Uh, I cannot talk about much how big of a difference it is seeing the Swiss bank from the beginning of the season to where we are now. He is just, he is constant effort and constant energy. And he just wasn't able to do that at the beginning of the season, but he will give you multiple efforts on the offensive glass and he will go up and challenge anyone if they're going to try to dunk it. And he's had two spectacular blocks the last two games. Um, And he's led some fast breaks or gotten some knockaways. And he's also, some Hawks players have lost the ball going into the paint. And Clint has been able at seven feet or 6'11 to bend down and get balls and put them back up into the hoop. So he is playing as good a basketball as I've seen this season. John Collins would finish with 21 points on just 11 shots. He was 8 of 11, 2 of 2 on his three-pointers. He also got fouled shooting a three-pointer and hit all those free throws. He had eight rebounds, one of them offensive, and two assists. His passing has certainly taken a level up. And again, uh, JC hitting two three-pointers is nothing new. Again, he can get up, I think, four a game if he wanted to. John Collins just continues to play good basketball. He was matched up with Jaron Jackson Jr., who is a good three-point shooting big man and a guy who really wants to get into the paint, and I thought J.C. did a nice job on defense as well. Bogdan Madonovich would just have eight points on three of four shooting, just one of two on his three-pointers. Um, he did have seven rebounds and four assists. I think that the Hawks have made a concerted effort to be like, oh, look, we got to get on the glass, and Bogdan Bogdanovich certainly picked up his effort in that area against the Grizzlies. And then Kevin Herter, seven points, three of seven shooting, one of three on his three-pointers, one rebound, four assists. He had a leak out where 
he thought he was going to get a layup and the Hawks didn't find him immediately. And then Trey found him at a three point line for his, for red velvets, one, three pointer. He also had another play where he got to the basket and he just laid it in. And I know Vince Carter is looking down somewhere from somewhere and seeing red velvet, lay it in and be like, Kevin, you better throw that dunk down next time. But, uh, Herter's just able to step in and, and do what he needs to do in that starting lineup. Off the bench, I thought Reddish had a really solid game. He had one possession on defense where he went against DeAnthony Melton, kind of a defensive stopper for the Memphis Grizzlies, but their point guard. And he almost had two steals, but he was really bothering DeAnthony Melton on the defensive end. He'd finish, Reddish would finish with 14 points, two of five on his three pointers, four of four on his free throws. Reddish's ability to get to the rim has been incredible this season, and he's also getting free throws, and he's a great free throw shooter, and he's getting better at finishing around the rim with his uh, length and reach, and so that has been a great area of development for him this season, and it's encouraging to see him continue to get free throws each game. He had one rebound, two assists, three steals, including a steal at the end of the game that's, that allowed the Hawks to just dribble out the fi- final seconds of this one and the block. Danilo Gallinari had a big three-pointer in the fourth quarter that sort of quelled any small, minute chance that the Grizzlies were going to make a real comeback. But he'd finish with nine points on three of six shooting, two of three on his three-pointers. He had two rebounds, four assists. DeLon Wright continues to be good on defense. He finished with six rebounds and three assists, two steals. Again, him and Bogdan combining for 13 rebounds. I think the Hawks are telling these bigger guards to be go go help your bigs on the glass. We can't let a team like a Memphis get back into this game with second chance points or points in the paint. Um, and then Lou Williams had five points on two of seven shooting. Uh, he had a rebound, one of three on his three point, one of two on his three pointers um, for a small game from Lou. On the Grizzly side of things, they didn't really get a lot. John Morant, even before he sprained his ankle. He did not have a normal game. He only had two points, those two points coming from the free throw line, and he did not seem as aggressive as he normally is. He has really lit up the NBA through one quarter of the season, and he just did not seem to be as explosive or going to the basket as hard. I don't know if he feels his way through these games and then gets going in the second half, but he just hadn't been himself, and then he immediately pulled himself out of the game. I don't know if he had felt that pain before and knew what it was, but as soon as he... Uh, felt whatever he felt. He was hopping on his right leg and got himself off the court and, and immediately to the bench. So he just had those two points. And even before that injury, I did not think that Ja looked like Ja. But they got 14 points and five rebounds from Jaron Jackson Jr., 12 points, five rebounds and assists from Brooks. And then Desmond Bain, who's been really strong for the Memphis Grizzlies so far this season, just had nine points, two rebounds and one assist. I thought the three-point shot was not really working for the Grizzlies. They got some to fall in that third quarter or the beginning of the fourth quarter when McMillan had to call a timeout with guys like Conchar and Killian Tilly. But the Grizzlies would just shoot seven of 29 in those first three quarters when this game was competitive for 24%. They'd finished 12 of 38 uh, for 31%, but they didn't shoot that well in the actual game. And this was a game where, again, the three-point shot did not seem to be open for either team in the first quarter, and then there started to be a little run in the second quarter when both teams traded three-pointers, and the Hawks were able to have a little bit of a run where Danilo hit his three, Cam Reddish hit a three-pointer, and then Trey hit a couple of three-pointers that really helped the Hawks build that 14-point lead in the first half. But Hawks have moved to 11-9 and on the season, 
They win both games of this little two-game road trip after holding it down at the State Farm Arena, and they come back home for a short turnaround against the New York Knicks. The Knicks had a tough game against the Suns tonight against uh, the Suns. Same, So they're going to be on a back-to-back as well. Both teams are traveling. There will be no rest advantage. But big win for the Hawks. Again, moves them two games over 500, and, and they're really rolling offensively. The Hawks are one of the best teams uh, in regards to net rating. And this seven-game win streak has been a huge part of that. We're still early enough in the season where a huge win like this 132-100 to 100 over the Grizzlies will move the numbers and have the Hawks be as good as they're push them higher up on these lists for offensive um, and net rating overall. But big win for the Hawks, one where they just keep this momentum going and they hopefully will carry it into the State Farm Arena against the New York Knicks. You know that the Kettlecast will be here to talk to you about that. After that game, let's go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.